in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning and welcome in. On today's show, we're focusing on the kids by talking to the parents. How to teach your children about money and the positive impact it can make on their financial future. Straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And good morning and welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. To my right, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker to his right and Teresa Arago joining us as we cram four people back in. We didn't used to consider it cramming. It was always happening, but during the uh, during the shutdown and the time when we spent away from our offices, we just had three around the table, and now we're getting a little cozier again. No, and no more great. social distancing. No more social distancing. <laughs> we don't have to here on the on the Get Ready for the Future show. Should, but I, go get my, should I go get my mask? No, I don't. And talk oh, at no, the same well, time. Well, good you know, luck. Uh, you know, the governor fun. would like for everybody to wear a mask, and so yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be compliant here, Scott. Well, you do need to do that in certain situations. I don't know that he considers recording a radio show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, have I to thought say, you were. I didn't realize how much I missed being able to come and do this until we had to take a break from it, so I was so excited when I got invited back this week. might have something to do with the fact that I have like 6,000 kids, so I appreciate <laughs> the, the acknowledgement there on this week's show. So I exaggerate. Just like just don't say the first three things that come to your mind. So okay. <laughs> so how to teach your kids about money is the subject of today's show, and we do want to take a moment as we head into Father's Day weekend to recognize all the dads as well. Happy Father's Day to you, sir. And Thank you. Uh, my son is actually working behind the camera, so you can say Happy Father's Day. You don't have to say it out loud, but you're thinking it, right? <laughs> I do want to say that. And, you know, as you think about uh, your your upbringing, if, if you had a dad in the home or even if you didn't, if it was mom that was teaching you all of your lessons, what lessons did you get about money? Or did you get any? You know, I, I we actually shot a uh, Facebook video uh, just a moment ago where I was wishing my dad a happy Father's Day and talking to him or talking to the audience a little bit about uh, some of the lessons he laid on me financially. And we never had any long, in-depth discussions about finances, but it's funny how the small little quips, the little mm-hmm. one-liners, if you will, that he dropped over and over again in my head have stayed with me and have had probably the most application of anything yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that he could have done with a long talk. And, and I did share two of them. I'll share with you guys. One of them, he always used to tell me when I first started working, uh, he said that uh, you'll never get ahead if you don't if you spend more than you make. Yeah. Common sense, right? Yep. But as a 19, 20, 21-year-old who didn't have a clue about what it was going to cost to accumulate things and to buy things and, and, and to be able to have a monthly budget, that stuck with me and resonated, me, it resonated with me, and it has kept me out of trouble more often than not. <laughs> I have, for the most part, subscribed to that theory. It's yeah. pretty simple. You can't spend more than you make if you're going to get ahead and then the other quick one that he that he told me he would he said uh son, i would always talk about uh, my income and talking about trying to grow that income over time and get get raises and he said uh, son there'll always be somebody who makes more than you and yeah. i thought that was great oh, too it good. had two applications because one it's don't chase money as the most important mm-hmm. thing right. Right. money's important certainly but it's not the most important thing and then it also had application to keeping up with the Joneses, right? I mean, yeah. don't always yeah. compare yourself to what somebody else is doing. So yeah. those are those are two great ones from my dad. You, you, I'm sure John's got a couple. My, my dad <laughs> used to say that uh, you know, we were going to do all these great things when his ship came in. And one day I looked at him and said, Dad, I think the ship sunk. I don't know where it's at. You know, where's this ship that you're talking about? So, no, we, we, uh, I, I got a lesson that we didn't have a whole lot of money, and it was sure hard to make. And mm-hmm. you yeah. tried to keep uh, to hang on to it as best you could. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was a difficult thing in our family. But it did uh, really teach me the value of, of financial education because we didn't have any when I was growing up in terms of here's how to, to get ahead, here's how to save, here's how to invest. None of that 
And that really was the catalyst for uh, for me getting into this business and, and trying to help people yeah. to understand. It really is kind of the heart of the education process that we undergo here at GenWealth. I would say for, from my dad, the monetary lessons really are both, um, they're different types of giving, um, and neither one are things that he intentionally taught me. It was just things that I observed over the years. And I remember um, dad dad's vision was really bad, and so mom normally wrote whatever checks were written she normally did the the writing of the checks and so every saturday night like i can still hear my dad saying this every saturday night at some point after supper dad would say "Elizabeth, get the checkbook and what that was for was to write the check for sunday morning Mm -hmm. to take to the church and so while they didn't sit me down and have intentional conversations about tithing and about offerings it was every saturday night "Elizabeth, get the checkbook and and they would go through that process every single week and the other thing in terms of giving that I just observed is you know mom dad didn't have a whole lot dad was a farmer and mom was a teacher but they they gave to other people to help them when there was a need there was just that consistent pattern of giving throughout their lives and and I think we have to pay attention not only to what are we intentionally teaching but what Mm -hmm. are we accidentally teaching and is it what we want them to learn it's the example you know our family was also I joke that we were so poor we couldn't afford the p we were or the r we were just po you know Um, but I my dad was an, is an electrician, and so when we were young, he would bring the wire, the leftover wire, and let us strip it and recycle that copper for money. That's how wow. we got the things we wanted. So yeah. he taught us work ethic very young. You know, we when we wanted a gaming system, when that was the thing, mm-hmm. we spent months and tore up our hands taking apart those wires so that we could recycle that and get enough to buy that ourselves. Yeah. So he may not have taught me specifics about money, but he did set an example that you got to work for what you're going to get. And that led to everything else that I've Mm -hmm. had success in, in my life. If you're watching on Facebook today, we'd certainly love to hear your comments about what did your dad or your mom teach Mm -hmm. you about money? That's the subject of today's show. And we're going to have a special guest on, on the next segment, Anthony O'Neill. Since 2003, Anthony has helped hundreds of thousands of people make smart decisions with their money, relationships, and education. He is a number one national best-selling author of Debt-Free Degree and national best-selling author of The Graduate Survival Guide and recently released Destroy Your Student Loan Debt. So we'll be talking a lot about uh, student loan debt, but he's traveling the country spreading his message to help teens and young adults start their lives off right and people of all ages succeed with money. He comes to us from the uh, Ramsey organization. They've, yep. they've got a powerhouse bunch of uh, best-selling authors, yeah. and he's just the latest or one of the latest in the bunch. Yeah, this whole stable over there. they got Chris yeah. Hogan and, and uh, his uh, uh, retirement uh, genre of books and, and the uh, whole millionaire, the uh, thing that he's done ra- lately. And then uh, Anthony is probably the you know, the lowest profile of the Ramsey personalities because, or at least in my world, because, uh, you know, the whole debt-free degree thing, I'm past that. And, mm-hmm. and I know that's a, a big interest down the table here. And, <laughs> Not low and profile here, at all. I'm, here, I'm rest soaking of us. it all in because <laughs> yeah. I've got that coming soon. And so everybody else at the table knows Anthony's uh, deal very well. But I think that this is has the potential of being one of the most impactful shows that uh, we could do here at GenWealth because it not only impacts you as a parent if you're watching and listening, but it impacts your kids and and their lives and how their lives could be different just by uh, taking some key financial things and and reaching out and teaching them that. But you know, finances are are very hard for folks to talk about. There's uh, some information here, Scott, that uh, uh, we were looking at that basically said that you know parents would rather talk to their uh, their kids about sex or drugs than money and that is just almost you know <laughs> I don't know about the sex thing uh, it wasn't fun but the drugs or the alcohol yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so but yeah. i think some parents don't feel equipped to yeah. teach and yeah. so they're yeah. they're not sure that they know you can't lead someone where you're not at currently sometimes True. but right. you can share and teach them through your mistakes that's what i've tried yeah. to do in when i do make mistakes with my kids well and i think too like in, in my parents case i think they like to hide any problems that they mm-hmm. were having they didn't want to stress or burden the kids right. with yeah. as you were talking about you know money was hard to come by and if we were having a tough time they didn't really want me to have to endure that but some of that was would probably be a good idea for me to have known at an earlier age. So our interview with Anthony O'Neill coming up after our first break here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Stick with us. We're just getting started. How to teach your kids about money. 
Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. This is Scott Inman. At GenWealth Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member Fender SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. I'm Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury on the fastest four minutes in investing. It is our weekly quick look at the markets and the economy as we continue to monitor, John, the rebound in the market. And, of course, volatility in the last couple of weeks has yep. returned as well. But the big bounce positively for the market earlier this week was as a result of getting some very positive retail sales news. Yeah, and so I think this is why this is the answer to why the stock market has been going up so much when the economy really was in the dumps. And and the real answer is the market was anticipating a quick rebound. And we're getting some indications that that is actually going to come to fruition. So, Scott, the May retail sales report uh, provided our first glimpse at, at how this is going to go with uh, all the openings that are going on across the country and the decline of cases of COVID-19. We saw a 17.7% month over month. Uh, that's the largest gain that we've seen in retail sales since they began uh, keeping the data back in 1992. Yeah. And so we're, we're hoping that that kind of uh, pent-up demand, if you will, will uh, kind of reverberate, reverberate, I'll get that word out in a moment, reverberate through mm -hmm. the economy, and we will see other sectors begin to bounce back as well. Well, that was the biggest question, wasn't it? That if you shut down everything abruptly and tell people they can't go out and shop and for certain items for certain things and can't go to work, would they pick it back up as quickly as they shut it down? And some of that had to do with the virus. And we still see, if we look kind of in the sectors of retail sales, that things are uh, better in some places than others, as, as you might expect. We've got a chart here that they're still recouping losses. And, and so the numbers we're looking at in this chart basically are as a from May. The numbers are from May, and they are as a percent of February sales. So in other words, comparison to February, and you'll see the things that you might expect like food and beverage and and uh, and uh, home goods, those things are doing quite well. But then places, sectors like clothing and food services, electronics and appliances, those things people haven't bounced back to quite yet. Yeah. And you can really kind of understand that because, you know, nobody was really needing new clothes in the pandemic. Everybody was sitting around in their shorts and, and t-shirts and, right. and, and, and doing Zoom calls. And so it wasn't really necessary to do all of that. And, and electronics kind of got stymied because they weren't manufacturing yeah. uh, electronics like they were and the, the shipping of electronics from overseas was, was impaired. And so you had a lot of things like that going on that we believe that this will actually create some bounce back in the economy. Now, obviously for this run back up off the market lows of March at the end of March, for this to be sustained, these right. things have got to kind of come along and, and we've got to see evidence that we are indeed bouncing back across a broad sector of the economy because, Scott, consumerism is what makes up about 70% of the U.S. economy. And if that 70% is weak in some areas, we could see some pullbacks in the market. I'm drawn to that sporting goods number. I went out and bought a couple of kayaks and it was hard to find a kayak. I mean, this is a supply and demand issue, too, that has kind of swung as a pendulum, right? I mean, yeah. the Japan demand went away for a lot of this when we were shut down and now gauging that demand 
and keeping up with it with the supply is going to really affect these retail sales. It absolutely will. And of course, we're continuing to watch this in the stock market and the effect of it on market prices. Of course, long-term investors, we still believe that stocks are a good place to be. You may just need to tighten up that seatbelt a little bit because as we saw this week, volatility came back and we do expect that volatility to ramp up as we go through this uh, uh, gymnastics of getting these uh, sectors back up, Scott. And of course, there is that looming November election for the President of the United States. That is it for the Fastest Four. Back in a moment. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Do you have a burning question? Email info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman returning to the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back as we teach our kids about money. That is the subject of today's program, how to do that. You know, we, we talked in that last segment about uh, parents really struggling sometimes to, to find a way to teach their kids about money, maybe not wanting to uh, own up to their own mistakes mm-hmm. and or, or have their kids deal with maybe the perception of the stress of maybe some family money problems. But not talking about them can have dire consequences, and talking to them in the right way can certainly positively impact uh, their financial future. And nobody knows that better than our next guest here on the program. Anthony O'Neill joins us from the Ramsey Organization. Since 2003, Anthony has helped hundreds of thousands of people make smart decisions with their money, relationships, and education. He's a national best-selling author of Debt-Free Degree and also of The Graduate Survival Guide. He's got a new book out called Destroy Your Student Loan Debt. Welcome to the program, Anthony. We're so glad to have you. Oh, man, thank you all so much for having me. And uh, I've been looking forward to this interview. So let's dive in. Let's have a good conversation. All right. Sounds good. Well, we're going to we're going to start off on the personal side. We, we believe here at GenWealth that education is key. We talk to our clients about it all the time. And certainly it's obvious with what you do that your passion lies in educating teens and young adults about finances. That has to have been sparked from somewhere in your life. Tell us a little bit about how the passion started and how did you decide that this is the route you were going to take with your life? Oh man, such a great question. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to grow up with four parents, two biological parents and two step parents. And we never really had uh, a money conversation uh, growing up. Everything was strictly around our faith. And so when I went off to college, um, unfortunately, I made some bad decisions. And uh, those bad decisions was based around my money. I racked up about $35,000 in debt, $15,000 in credit cards, $10,000 in furniture bills, and then $10,000 in student loans when I didn't even need them. I was on a partial scholarship for debating and I had a a GI Bill uh, scholarship for my father serving in the Army. And so participated in something immature uh, during my college season. And unfortunately, that cost me my college experience. And so I thought I was going home. My mom and dad was like, hey, since you made these mistakes, you can you need to go live with them since you think you're a grown man. And so for a period of six months, I'm at the age of 19 at that time. I'm $35,000 in debt, homeless, sleeping in the back of my car, taking baths at the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club, asking peers if I can sleep on their floor, their couch. Um, and during that season, I I really thought about committing suicide. I questioned my faith. I questioned my friends. I questioned my family members. Uh, but when really I made those decisions. And so um, that was the season that really gave me the passion to help young people make the best financial decisions that they possibly can. Uh, because today I'm 36 years old. I turned my life around. I'm completely debt free, built my dream home, awesome. purchased my dream car and traveling around the world. That's amazing. Anthony, let me ask you a quick question about that. Follow up on that. You, I saw a video on your website of you standing in the uh, in the foundation. I guess it was of your dream home. Tell us where that stands right now. Oh, uh, man, you know, it's, it's built. And uh, that video that you watched, um, I actually planted um, my Bible up underneath the very first Bible that I was given um, in the soil of my house that I built my house on top of. And so every single day when I wake up, I wake up on the word of God, which is my personal faith. And it's built, man. I've been in a house for two years now, uh, put down 40 percent. And my goal is to pay it off here within the next couple of years and let that be an asset and a wealth building tool uh, for my family. 
That's awesome, Anthony. We we did something kind of similar when we were building. We wrote scripture verses on the walls, you know, before they mm. finished it out. And so we we have that throughout our home. And I and I and I know what verses are where. And it's just nice to kind of think about those as we walk through. Um, so speaking of your faith, um, we believe at Gen Wealth, we believe that everybody has a God given financial purpose. And and we know that your faith has really played a very important role um, in this process that you've gone through. And it's something you talk about regularly. What what role would you say that your faith has played in getting you from where you were to where you are currently? Man, you know, that's a great question, you know, and my faith, uh, the Christian faith has played a huge role in my walk, especially uh, throughout the year of 2020 with everything going on with the pandemic and some of the racial stuff we see we see going on. Um, right. My favorite scripture is uh, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And uh, when people tell me I can't do things, when um, I see what's going on in the world and, and all the negative stuff, um, I go back to my faith. I go back to that scripture and I stand on it. Some people told me you'll never become debt free. You'll always be paying something. Uh, but through all things, um, I, I was able to do that. Some people, some people say you will not be able to build your house um, and pay it off within five years. But uh, through Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm able to do that. Um, some people said I will not be wealthy. Uh, but through Jesus Christ, um, I'm building wealth, not just for myself, but for my family, mm-hmm. you know? So I just, I stand true on that. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge giver. I believe in tithing. Um, I, I believe in being generous and I see the fruits um, of that coming back towards myself. So uh, when I think of uh, Jesus, when I think of the word of God and all that is done for me, um, I get excited about what the, what the next 20 years look like, because ultimately uh, he's, He's the pilot, and I'm just a co-pilot following uh, his journey for my life. I love hearing you talk about that. That's that's an, so cool to hear people who could have easily said, you know, my life stinks. I'm giving up. I, you know, too many things have come against me. But yeah. instead, you chose to say, you know what? I made these mistakes. I'm going to own them, and I'm going to move forward. And, you know, when I was preparing to talk to you today, I watched a video where you were talking about the American dream, how you had polled some uh, young adults and how the American dream was to become debt free. And that was like their life's goal. And how, how, you know, that was kind of a letdown to me to hear that too. Um, But, you know, could you expand a little bit on, on what the, the point of that video was for those that haven't seen that yet? Yeah. So a recent study came out and said that nearly 94 percent of millennials who graduate from college, um, their number one goal is to pay off debt, not to start a home, not to build a home, not to start a family, not to go after the dream career, but to immediately uh, pay off their debt. And we see here now that the average college student would graduate about thirty five thousand dollars in student loan debt. And then a fifth of these students would graduate with one hundred thousand dollars. Um, in student loan debt. So some of our students are graduating with a mortgage payment, but do not own real estate. And they're like, yo, I want to pay this off. And so in that video, I just was asking a group of millennials that, hey, can you relate to this? Do you feel this? Um, and they were all saying, yes, you know, the American dream is to purchase a home and to have freedom. And they're saying, you know, in order for me to get there, I got to pay off this debt first. So which is why it's just a huge passion for me to help millennials go into college debt free. So when they graduate, they can start going after the American dream. And when I say this, some people don't like it, but I say it anyways. You know, I say if you're going to go after the American dream, you can't listen to America to get it. You have to listen to God to get it. So um, that's really my heart. Anthony, you've obviously done a ton of research in, in your multiple books and what have you. I'm wondering what the, the most shocking thing that you've seen from, from your research is about just sort of the condition of, of the American family and, and particularly kids in debt and, and money and that type of thing. And how would that look different if we really got serious about educating our kids? You know, I think um, just doing all the research, we see here now lately that nearly 35 million individuals have filed unemployment because of this unexpected um, uh, crisis that we all went through with this pandemic, COVID-19. And when you look at that study, it it shocked me that nearly 50 percent of the individuals couldn't even afford to pay for a four hundred dollar emergency. Uh, I know that nearly 80 percent of us are living paycheck to paycheck, Mm -hmm. but it shocked me enough that. 
like, wow, 34, 35 million people do not have an emergency fund to get through through uh, these hard times. And if we can just honestly just take care of the foundations mm-hmm. um, of, of our finances, you know, c- to cover your four walls, your, your housing, your electricity, your utilities, your transportation and your food. And just put just put three to six months on the reserves. Just think about this, you guys. What would happen um, if let's say a young person graduated college, had three months in reserves as far as for their emergency fund, and they were investing into their retirement. We can see young people purchasing homes in their mid-20s. Mm-hmm. We can see our young people start retiring at 45, 50 years old now if they wanted to. Uh, we can create so many different things, but now the average retirement age is 65 for the America, but the average person doesn't retire until 75. Mm-hmm. And that bothers me because Per studies, they say the average person should live around 70 to 80 years old. So it's like we work all of our life Mm -hmm. to enjoy five to 10 years of it. And so that's really my heart. You know, I really want to help people just see that change the narrative so we can have and really enjoy our future. Our guest today on the Get Ready for the Future show is Anthony O'Neill, best-selling author and member of the Ramsey Organization, a debt-free degree, the Graduate Survival Guide, Destroy Your Student Loan Debt. Those are the titles of his books that he has authored. And Anthony, we're, our show today is about teaching your kids about money, and, and, and you obviously need to be intentional in doing that. And I, I'll even admit, as a financial advisor, I'm probably not as intentional as I need to be with my kids. So as Father's Day is coming, speaking to fathers, speaking to parents, grandparents who are listening right now, if they want to start educating their children about money, first of all, when? When do they start? And then how do you suggest they start? You know, I definitely want to start off by saying thank you to all the fathers who are actively involved um, in their children's lives. I, I thank you and appreciate you for that. Uh, the number one thing I would say, have the conversation as early as possible. Um, I have nephews and we started co- having a conversation with them as early as in three, four years old. We taught them how uh, we'll give them a dollar. We'll teach them how to uh, give first, uh, save next, then spend. So if we give you a dollar, you got to you gotta give 10 cents uh, to God, and then you got to mm-hmm. save 25 cents, and then we'll let you spend, you know, the rest on what you want. So start having a conversation at their level as early as possible. Um, you know, right now my nephew is seven, and every time I go home, um, he'll ask me for a dollar. Uh, mm-hmm. But now he says, um, Uncle Anthony, can I work to get a dollar? So it's like now we've taught them the importance mm-hmm. of working in exchange for money. It's just not we're going to give you some money. And so have that conversation as early as possible. And I think those are the three main things you got to start teaching them, especially in that young life up until middle school. Give, save, spend. Teach them those three things and you'll be successful. Anthony, we have about 50 seconds left uh, in our segment today. We are going to uh, give away uh, a copy of your new book, Debt-Free Degree. But as we get ready to do that, I'd love for you to spend a couple seconds telling us what that book's about. You know, Debt-Free Degree is simply the math. It's a step-by-step guide on how to get your young people into college 100% debt-free. Um, it's not really like a motivational, inspirational book. No, it's the step-by-step plan. What classes should they be taking? How do they take advantage of their summers to start going towards that? Um, if they follow the plan, they will be successful. And I guarantee them they will get into college debt-free. And here's the secret uh, to get into college debt-free. It's your school choice. You have to choose the school that you can afford, not the most popular school. Great advice all the way through this segment. Anthony, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back. We are halfway home on today's program. We thank you for watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube and for listening on the radio program. How to teach your kids about money. That's the subject of today's broadcast. And we were talking with Anthony O'Neill in the last segment. He's a best-selling author and member of the Ramsey Organization. He has dedicated his life to educating Uh, today's youth about ways to stay out of debt and to impact positively their financial future. And his most recent book, as we mentioned several times in the last segment, is called Debt-Free Degree. This is it right here. This is his third book. The first two were bestsellers, and I'm sure this one is destined to be as well. 
And we are going to give that away now, but we're not going to just wait. There's more. I feel like an <laughs> you're the ShamWow <laughs> yeah. guy. But there's not three installment plans of 1995. No. You don't have to worry about that. We're also giving away a copy of Your Retirement Should Be More. This is the book authored by John and Janet. Uh, it's been out, what, about a year and a half now is all? I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late, like late 2018, I believe it came yeah. out. So mm-hmm. both books are yours right now if you just comment. If you're watching on Facebook right now and comment right now and say you want the books, we'll get them to you. So First free, person. First, first person, yes. Yeah, we only have we one. We only have one copy. Anthony would not be a best-selling author if he gave them all away. That's right. Uh, well, he might be a best-selling author, but he wouldn't be profitable, right? That's so right. Uh, one book bundle is yours if you're the first person to comment right now on Facebook Live. Really enjoyed the interview uh, with Anthony, uh, first of all, from his personal story. Yes. And, I, and I think so much is, is built on that uh, in him. You could hear him tell how, how low he had been. He'd hit rock mm-hmm. bottom and and to be able to have, live the American dream now, as you talk to him about uh, building his dream home, yeah, what what an impactful story he has personally, and I, and I know that resonates. It's got to resonate through his writings. Yeah, you check him out on anthonyoneal.com, I believe is the uh, website. Uh, he's got a couple of videos there, and uh, I've I've caught him a couple of times when he has been a guest on Dave Ramsey's show. I've caught a couple of his speeches and what have you, and uh, he he really is making a huge impact on on kids. And we want to try to do that today as we talk through how to help you talk to your kids about money, because that is a difficult conversation. We said earlier in the show that kids uh, are probably going to get to talk about uh, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be, before they get to talk about money. And I think Teresa pointed out a good, uh, a good thought there that most parents feel unequipped to Mm -hmm. talk to their kids about money. And so let us help you journey down that road a little bit. Uh, We've got four simple steps in the next two segments, Scott, that I think will be uh, very good. But before we uh, uh, go there, we've we've already got got a winner, got a a winner here. Joseph uh, Botwinnick, I believe that is, uh, got the book bundle. Uh, So shout out to Joseph for listening on the Get Ready for the Future show. Congratulations to Joseph. And uh, don't know whether he is the child or the parent but either way he's going to be a grandparent he's a parent and we we appreciate him uh getting that uh, to us and we will get that book bundle out to you both your retirement should be more and the book from anthony neal called debt free degree so john talked about those simple steps let's dive in what's the plan how do you teach your children about finances step number one is start with an open and honest conversation both open and honest we talked about in the first segment that some parents uh, don't want to burden their kids or or don't want to talk to their kids about problems uh, with finances in the household only about 60 percent of adults have a household budget if we can train this habit young kids would certainly be set up for success in the long run and you know when you think about budgeting you have to get interactive with that part first of all you have to be one of those 60 percent of adults who have one have Mm -hmm. a household budget it has to be a, a hard budget with a with a number that you don't exceed, uh, and expenses have to drop below that. And and I think there's a, so many routes we could go with how beneficial this would be to kids. But you know, what better time than now when you think about what went on with the pandemic and everybody mm-hmm, was shut mm-hmm. down and you couldn't do anything, and some of the things you were used to doing that you may have thought was a need, you realized was a want. Boy, reconfiguring a budget and having your kids be a part of it right now? How how big could that be? Let me back up for just a second and go 30,000 foot on this before we dive into the budget thing. I I want you to think about Anthony's story and and Mm -hmm. the the hardship Mm -hmm. that he went through. And it's an emotional thing for me because I, I know... You know, I, I can feel that in him. It, mm-hmm. it almost comes through the telephone yeah, when yeah. when he's talking about this. And and you think about, okay, how did that happen to him? And it probably happened, I'm guessing, because his parents didn't have conversations about money with him. Yeah. And you think about how that downstream flow of of bad mm-hmm. communication and and bad teaching or lack of teaching mm-hmm. can can you know, devastate somebody. You think about for six months living in the back of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I can't get my brain around that. And yeah. and when you think about the impact that this has, I said at the at the beginning of the show that that you know this show has 
the potential of being the most impactful show that we could do. And when you think about that, that is why this is so important. So if you are motivated by that, if you can get the why right, yeah. then I think the conversations come a lot easier. And it does really, Scott, uh, pivot on the ability to be open and honest. And I think one thing I liked about that is he didn't expect his parents to totally bail him out and they didn't yeah. bail him out. You know, he had to accept his decision making and and come out of that with the education the hard way. But even if you don't have a really strict budget, think of it this way. One thing my, my kids hear from me all the time is it's not about not having the money. It's about prioritizing mm -hmm. our dollars. Yeah. So they don't know the details of our budget, but they do understand that I'm prioritizing purchases that even if we have the money for something doesn't mean we should spend it on that thing because that's a really important thing when you mm -hmm. get out on your own one of the lessons i told my niece that i helped raise was just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should just because you can go to walmart at 3 a.m in the morning doesn't mean you should the same thing goes for your finances if we're not helping them learn those lessons yeah. of self-control we're setting them up for failure later. I think it's important also to pay attention to what type of kid you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've kept two polar opposite <laughs> children in my household. Boy, on, yes. Yeah, on just about every category that you could pick, they are completely different. And so we handle these types of things differently. Um, our son didn't work. He's 17. He hasn't had a job other than, you know, mowing yard a little bit here and there and nothing that has brought in any significant income. Our daughter, uh, she just got on her birthday, got her driver's permit. And because you can get a working permit at 14, mm -hmm. she went on online and did the research on how to get the permit she has it filled out and it's waiting for your signature as her future employer john <laughs> um, but all the rest of it is done um but anyway she she wants to work and earn money mm -hmm. he didn't want to but that also has an impact on all right how much how much flexibility do you have to just go buy stuff you know mm -hmm. we're not just doling out money because you're breathing and you're in our household you've got to decide if you if you want some of this excess stuff then that's on you and Teresa I know you're doing this this fall too but we mm -hmm. just talked with our kids because we're, we're getting ready to go on on a vacation Mm -hmm. And there is an outlet mall, and I'm all about saving some money. And so if we've got to buy clothes for school anyway, we're going to do it at the outlet instead yeah. of, you know, just wherever else. And so we've already talked with the kids about, look, you guys will have your own debit card mm -hmm. linked to your checking account, and you are buying your clothes this year. Now, they have, they have some uniform parameters, so they don't have quite as much flexibility as like you would at a public school. But I remember what my uncle did with his kids at, at that kind of point in life. He's like, look, here's the amount of money you've got. If you want to buy one Abercrombie & Fitch shirt, go ahead. Or mm -hmm. if you want to buy five yeah. from Target, you know, that's your choice. Yeah. But it's your choice. And you let them live with those decisions and, and learn from it and have those conversations. That's our plan this fall. We're going to, you know, set up basically this is how much we were going to spend anyway, but I'm going to give them some freedom and going forward every month. You do your chores, you get your pay. Right. You don't do your chores, you don't get your pay, which means you may not have enough money to take care of X thing that you wanted yep. to do. But it's on you because if we can teach them the hard lessons while they have a safety net, mm -hmm. then they're better equipped to make those decisions when that safety net has been removed and they're on their own. And Scott, let's uh, take that budget thing to the younger kids. And I think Anthony touched on this. You know, he, he talked about his nephew that uh, wants to work for the dollar. And then they say, OK, you have to give 10 percent. You've got to save 20 percent and you can go spend 70 percent. That yeah. 10, 20, 70 is a great formula for right. teaching kids mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just like the the proverb says you know you you train them up in the way that they mm -hmm. should go and they and when they're older they won't depart from that yeah you know i i think when you reference proverbs and and talking about money i think it's important we, we've had a we've had a very faith-based conversation yeah. this morning we don't normally go that deeply but um there are more verses about money than about any other topic in scripture any other topic at all and i think the reason is god knew we were really going to struggle with that mm -hmm. and so it's important to mm -hmm. have those conversations with your children if you don't know anything about money proverbs is a good place to go to learn about it shows you money is important yeah right because it's not money that's the root of all evil it's right. the love of money that's right. that is the root of all that's evil right. so money is certainly important and 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 being a good steward of it which is what we're mm -hmm. really talking about here and i love those rules 10 percent 
to give, then save 20 and then live on the rest or 70%. And even if those aren't your numbers that you arrive at, I wouldn't say it has to be 10, 20, 70, but come up with some hard, fast rules that you don't depart from. Because just like the budget, not exceeding that number, no Mm -hmm. matter what, is really the beginning uh, of being able to positively impact your financial future. I think, too, as you get to the older kids, and, and I've got a couple, I've got three of those right now, two 17-year-olds mm-hmm. and a 19-year-old right there who's earning a little bit of income and is paying his own gas. But what about the other bills, and when do you start to hand those off? Mm-hmm. We've already had that discussion this morning before we went on the air. I'm looking at this list of car insurance, cell phone bill. Mm-hmm. Right now, Dad's handling that, but at yep. some point you're going to have to, I think a gradual system of handing off right. bills before they just take it all is a helpful lesson as well. I, I would agree with that. And, and you've got to kind of incrementally, you can't overload them. And, and you know, things cost so much these days. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, little small jobs are, are not going to generate a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful in terms of how you balance that and not overload them and create a problem for them. But you've got to ease them into this. And, and I think that, that, you know, just taking bite-sized steps toward that uh, handoff, if you will, makes a lot of sense. All right, so that's step one. We still have a couple of more to get through, three in fact. Step two, we'll give you the titles here before we go to a break, but we are up against a, a break in about 30 seconds. Step two, teach them about long-term goals and the value of a dollar. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And teach them about the financial uglies. Love that term. What are the financial uglies? And then finally, have a family night. Hmm a family night with finances as the topic. We'll see how that could be fun. That sounds exciting. Yes, as we continue our uh, (laughs) topic today. It it actually can be. That's right. You think about that. Very exciting, as a matter of fact. We'll give you a couple of minutes to think about how that might work. How to teach your kids about money. That's the theme of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We'll be back in just a moment. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. I do want to take a moment as we talk to parents today about how to teach your kids about money, but if you're a parent or a grandparent and you are closing in on retirement, if you are 55 or older or one of the spouses in your couple is 55 or or older, a reminder that through the end of June, GenWealth is waiving our financial planning fees for you and gives you the ability at no cost to come into one of our offices and build a retirement income plan specifically designed for you. It is a value of between $500 and $1,500, and we are waiving that through June 30th. So if you book your appointment before June 30th, it doesn't actually have to take place until later in the summer, if it's in July or August, before you can get into the office, that's okay. But make the phone call to set up your appointment. You can do that right now at 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. Or you can reach out via email. Just send it to info at getreadyforthefuture.com. 55 and up through June 30th. But we are talking to parents and grandparents today about how to teach your kids about money. And we've gone through one of four steps on how to do that. And number two is teach them about long-term goals and the value of a dollar. You know, when we talk about retirement planning, have you set your long-term goals and how have you worked out a plan to do that? And to be able to transcribe that to create some financial milestones for your kids, obviously retirement may be a foreign concept to them, especially before they're even a teenager, but certainly there are things that they may want in life and to teach them a long-term goal and a plan of how to get it would be a great step, I think. Make it relatable. Uh, that's the key mm-hmm. thing here. As I think you've got to make it relatable, or they're not going to get it, and you're just wasting your time if you don't connect with them. And so, if you if you're thinking about going on vacation, then uh, begin to to budget out that vacation. That's something that they can relate to because there's going to be almost instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, based on when you're going on vacation, you could actually see the results of what it is that you're doing. So, gamification is a good way to do that. Lots of options on that. You can get on 
online and do e- even a search for some things. I know that there is a, a paper chain type link yeah. uh, thing that goes on that yeah. uh, people are doing uh, with kids sometimes. So if you think about just, just cutting little links of paper and chaining them together, we all did this at some point for some project in school or at church or whatever. So you just have a, a bunch of paper chained together. This you can use in a couple of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And we have seen families do this to actually pay down debt. And I know we're talking about children's goals, but to get the kids involved in what you're doing and give them a concept of what's going on in your budget. If you've got maybe some credit card debt or student loans that we talked about that you've got to pay off, then the family gets focused on that together. And and you can do a chain link for you know however however you want to monetize it. If it's for every two hundred and fifty dollars that gets paid off, or for every thousand whatever, and then you just tear off that link and you throw it away and you can either along the way put in a different color one so that when you get to that we're going to celebrate a little bit we're not quite done but we're going to celebrate having reached this milestone that's encouraging the process along the way and then when you get to the end everybody is all over it and that really helps kids get involved in it like hey I'm not going to ask for that new bicycle right now I'm going to ride my old one because I know we're trying to get rid of those paper chains over there but going the other direction our daughter, for example, I talked about, she's going to start working pretty soon. She's not going to work much during the school year, so this will be kind of a slow process for her. But she already knows uh, what type of vehicle she wants when she can get that one, you know, in the future. But she also knows what she wants for her first vehicle because we've mm-hmm. got to be a little bit more practical on the first one. She knows what the monetary target is for that, and we're we're going to do a match on that. Mm-hmm. So she gets 50% of it on her own, and then we'll match her. And I'm not saying that's the way you need to do it there are all kinds of ways to do this for your kids and 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 make a good decision whatever your family wants to do but for her i think we're going to do a paper chain of here's every you know 500 hundred dollar increment and when you get to this point we're ready to go car shopping mm-hmm. scott the key good. the key in this is for it to be smart oriented meaning uh, specific measurable attainable relevant and time bound that mm-hmm. smart acronym uh specific measurable attainable relevant and time bound and what that does for them is it teaches them first of all delayed gratification mm-hmm. which let's be real yes. financial goals if you don't learn the concept of delayed gratification it can come back to yeah, bite you later absolutely. in life and it's really a big part of the debt issue we have in this country but it also teaches them that it takes some effort to get to what you want again that's work ethic so if you had the ability to delay gratification and a strong work ethic, wouldn't you say that those are universally smart, even outside your finances? So you're teaching them life skills, too. Mm-hmm. Step three on our list, teach them about the financial ugly. So when you talk about uh, delayed gratification, this is where we get in trouble. Uh, there's taxes, there's debt, and then there's credit. Obviously, taxes we can't do much about as far as controlling it too much, but there is certainly a need to um, educate there because I don't think when – kids first start earning a paycheck john that they often realize they're not going to get everything that their employer's paying them infamous uh statement in gen wealth lore when my (laughs) son came to work here the first paycheck that he got of course there were deductions on that paycheck and he very loudly pronounced through the hallway in gen wealth who the heck is fica and what did they do with my money (laughs) it was classic yeah it was great Well, and I think sometimes we forget the impact of those taxes. You know, one of the kind of those throwing myself under a bus stories when I was in college, I knew that my salary was X number of dollars and I was looking for a new vehicle, not knowing better to save up in advance. Of course, you know, I was not taught that early on, but I go to get go to the car lot looking at vehicles and they find me one and all they had me focused on was the monthly payment. Yep. And I went, oh, I make, you know, this much and my monthly payment is, it was literally a $50 difference. Okay. So what ended up happening was when I had that loan, I had to work a lot more hours because (laughs) I could not make the payment after taxes were taken out and not counting, you know, insurance. Gas. You were playing match groceries. You, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that payment, my paycheck, that way yeah. it works. 19 year old me did not grasp that there are other expenses. So we're talking mm-hmm. about this like spend, save, tithe. It's about creating margin and mm-hmm. learning to live with some margin in your life. So, right. yeah, those taxes can get you. 
when you talk about credit here or even debt, we can combine those two for time. That's probably a good idea. But when you think about kids being bombarded when they go to college mm-hmm. for the first time with credit card offers, oh, yeah. right? And it, it I got can one be, for the T-shirt once. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted the yes. free T-shirt. Yeah. The, the free benefits off of that or what are perceived free benefits yeah. are, are what really can lure you or getting a discount for opening a credit card at a at a store and those are things that you really have to be wary of you know i I think it's important to have the conversation about a debit card versus a credit card Mm -hmm. i remember uh when my daughter was was still relatively young um, we were at a shoe store and i pulled out my debit card to pay for the purchase and we had had because i'm a financial advisor we have these conversations you know we had had these conversations about we, we don't use credit cards we're we're not going to do that and she sees me pull out a card mm-hmm. and it looks just like a credit card and so standing there in front of the cashier her eyes get just huge and she goes mommy we don't we 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 don't use credit cards what is that <laughs> you know like like she's having an intervention or something and and frankly we we at this point in life we actually do have a credit card that we use for uh, airline miles but we pay it off we don't keep a balance you've got to know you right. and whether you can do that or not some people can some people can't and but could it's 19 year old you do ex- that i could not yes. have it 19 i right. can tell you now that i could not have done it so what is okay for you may or may not be okay for your children but let's back up too because she understood where money comes from i would say a lot of children don't they don't Mm -hmm. ever see most people don't carry a lot of cash with them yeah so i would imagine that most children don't know where money comes from other than you work and they never really see that transition the concept yeah so the concept if you're constantly using a card but you're not being intentional to teach them well mommy makes a paycheck and i have to make sure that i don't spend more than that paycheck if we're not even teaching them that we're really going to create some chaos later i just had a conversation pretty recently with my son he came he came to the office not working but he came to the office with me one day because he had to do some stuff on a computer and it was just a better environment for him to do it so he came up here and so we had lunch i I bought lunch for him that day and little turkey can eat i'm just going (laughs) to tell you you know so he orders his pizza and with tax and everything i look at the receipt and it's and it's around 15 dollars okay mm-hmm. and I looked at that and I said do you know what minimum wage is he didn't know because he's not working it's ten dollars an hour and I said you would have had to work about an hour and a half mm-hmm. for that not mm-hmm. counting taxes so really more than that mm-hmm. for that pizza it's so important to have those conversations I'm going to let that count as my final thoughts okay over time uh, you may have heard the bell that's usually yep. where we wrap up but we had uh, a lot to get to here so for my final thought I'm going to give step four how about that yep because <laughs> we didn't get go. to it have a family night we teased that in the last segment what about playing Monopoly and the game of life those are just not fun family activities they can have real good practical money related applications and then if you're watching a TV show now this can you, you got to do this within limits but if you're watching TV shows with your kids Look for those moments, like mm-hmm. I think of the Friends characters where they were always broke and they couldn't really afford the apartment that they were living in. Point that out and use that as a teaching moment. You might get a mom or a dad, but there's great a opportunities there <laughs> to teach your kids about money. That's my final thought. Well, I just, in general, it's be honest. You know, yeah. My niece learned a lot from my lack of knowledge. When I was sharing with her the things I learned as I became licensed, those were things that could possibly have changed her future because she's making better choices with mm-hmm. her money. And at 19, she or 21 now, oh my goodness, she doesn't have debt and she does keep an emergency savings. So your kids can learn from your mistakes as much as they've learned from your good choices, but you've got to give them the opportunity to learn that lesson. My final thought is just do it. Just mm-hmm. have this conversation with your kids Uh, And if you feel inadequate to have that conversation, get some help from somewhere. Uh, Call us. We will be glad to help you. It is the most important conversation that you can have with your kids because it really does ripple through the ages and affects them uh, as long as they live. They'll deal with money for the rest of their life. What you teach them today is really going to set the pace for that. 501-653-7355 to reach out to a Genwell Financial Advisor or info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We're out of time for this week. Thanks for watching and listening. The Genwealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. 
or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 